Titterpigs, the RPG podcast. Am I getting paid for this one? listeners welcome back this is episode 20 holy hell scott we have made it to 20 and this is our what end of year roll-up episode yeah i mean it's it is january 1st it has definitely been a great year for the podcast and like all things as the year comes to an end it's a time to look back and reflect on some of the highlights and you know, the wonderful things that uh, we have done, you know, and discovered and did for the Titterpigs podcast. What have we discovered? Well, it, it's been an interesting year, uh, considering the amount of podcasts that we did, the guests that we had, and even things not necessarily podcast related, but that, you know, that you and I uh, did together uh, over, you know, over the course of 2022. But first... Let's get a couple boring numerical nonsense out of the way, just for those who might be interested. So, all in all, we have done 962 minutes of content this year, believe it or not. Holy smokes. I know. And, and that's not counting our little um, live chats that we've done. Uh, that's not counting our stupid little uh, videos that we did for shits and giggles over at Gen Con, but uh, just the podcast alone between you and I and the guests that we've had, 962. And the word has spread. You know, we have gone beyond our comfort zone. Uh, we are now listened to in over 11 countries. Uh, our top Yay. being... Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and it's pretty... It's, it's wild to see some of where, you know, who has listened to us in one country. I mean, of course, we have our comfort zone. We've got listeners in the United States, you know, the UK... Canada, Australia, and Sweden. And with each one of those countries, I can see the people, you know, that we know right, our yeah. friends who actually, you know, quantify uh, those locations. But people listen to us in India, uh, Slovenia, the, the Czech Republic, okay. Argentina. I mean, just it, it, it's crazy uh, who's actually taking their time to listen to you know, two idiots prattle on about role-playing games. <laughs> so I'm kind of impressed. I really am. It is. So, uh, but that aside, I mean, what else do you have to, to add to that? I mean, there's there's plenty to talk about. I mean, I can add, our, you know, our special guests this year have been varied. You know, we had uh, guests by the likes of Ken Height, Jason Sheets, Andy Markham, David Shirtawan, and and a number of our of our gang, our friends uh, yep. have have regularly popped onto the podcast for various reasons and hung out with us and uh, you know decided to chat. Uh, we actually did an actual play podcast, which was which was bananas. Who would have thunk uh, it? I mean, yeah, I know, right? We're not, for, you know, for those who know us, we're not not actual play people. Uh, you know, there's there's I have no problem with people who enjoy actual plays and and for people who 
you know, um, actually do them. But um, it, it is one of those things where for me, and I think you might kind of fall into the same camp, is I don't mind listening to them. Uh, I don't have the time to sit down and watch them. And the idea of doing an actual play podcast just never, you know, popped into this cranium. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I'll have to say it was it was a good time. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, our our cast of players was great. David Sherdawan is our game master running his game. Uh, Bones Deep was was amazing. It went in directions I didn't think it was going to go. It was just, it was great. So mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to that episode, please go listen to it. Um, it's episodes 17 and 18. Uh, I take that back, 18 and 19. You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah. God, what else did we do, Scott? What was our, what was our like top episodes for this year? Well, we actually have a couple to, and, and looking back, it, it, I'm not saying it's a shock, but it was a bit surprising, but, uh, our number one episode this year, uh, was our zine episode talking about zines with Andy Markham. Even though there was a top episode here on the podcast, it was also one that we, um, put up on our YouTube channel, which needs a little bit more love and attention. Uh, yes, but, uh, <laughs> So wrap those together and, and it got a lot of views and, you know, it's a mixture of just, you know, the topic itself itself, but I mean, Andy is, you know, just, just an absolute, you know, charismatic individual on his own. So there's there, you know, my feeling is, is that episode hangs on his shoulders and we were just, you know, you know, opening the uh, gates and letting him run with it. I had a lot of fun with that episode. That was great. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that it, that was our number one for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have honestly, I would have thought it would have been our uh, alternate history with Ken Height, right? Uh, even though that was later in the year, um, Ken, you know, is a big name in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, draws a lot of folks to him in terms of listens when he does talks, when he's at a convention. Um, it was. I don't know. I was very surprised we were able to get him onto the show, and our conversation with him was quite interesting. Yeah, uh, where did where did he rack and stack? Uh, well, he was. I know you looked at the numbers. Yeah, he was number two. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it, and still growing. And believe it or not, even Andy's episode. So um, it, it's okay, it's definitely fair. definitely the and both of them, you know, like charismatic as as, as hell in in their own oh, yeah. personal ways. And you know, if I had to, um, if there was a tier. For us to have our top most uh, intimidating episodes, uh, that would have been the one with Ken Hyde. Uh, it oh was, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it it was pleasant. He was a wonderful guest. Would love to have him back on, and he was great to talk to. But you you and I both know we did a lot of prep. Uh, so oh yeah, we didn't sit there and just you know drool running out of our mouths and had <laughs> you know one of the luminaries of the hobby onto our episode, and and we sure done done good job to not make stupid look us um (laughs) (laughs) true story that b (laughs) oh wow Um, okay well it's good to know that it came in number two um mm -hmm. i counted when i went back and looked at our looked at our numbers i counted we did did we really do 15 episodes this year um, you know more than I, um, wow. even, okay. even though I upload and label those episodes, those, those kind of things just kind of don't stick. Yeah, all right. Uh, so the official count then is from one January of last year to 31 December mm-hmm. of last year, uh, was 15 episodes we released. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a lot. I'm, I'm quite impressed that we did that. That's, that's awesome. High five to us. Whoop, whoop. I know. I know. And, yeah. 
you know, uh, which, which, you know, we actually, even with that output, uh, believe it or not, we are one of the top 25 most followed podcasts. I think you and I kind of feel like we could have done more. Uh, but yeah, I wish if, we could have done more, but I'm quite happy with the output. Yeah, but even with that, it, it's, it's, these kind of things are really um, humbling, uh, to say the least. Absolutely. That, that, uh, that, you know, so many people, you know, besides, you know, my, my grandma, uh, you know, listens to the episode. So, um, you know, <laughs> Shh, don't I, tell people that. I know. Oh, sweetie, you know, you, this is so good. Um, no, I mean, but but still. Um, well, I like to spotlight uh, highlight for the year, and What's that, that and that was the the arrival of one Kevin to Southern California. Uh, when you know you were able to uh, make your way out here. And swing by for a visit. Uh, we did a um, a live for fun Q and A uh, streaming chat, which was great. Uh, you know, sure to be did. to be in side by side on the same camera on the same mic, uh, not having to worry about how each other's levels are because we were both the same. Uh, <laughs> and that was great. It was a good time and had a wonderful dinner and a and, and a fantastic chat. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely definitely great. Which was nice when we repeated that when we went to Gen Con uh, later oh, on yeah. too. Oh yeah, uh, that was that, that that was amazing. Gen Con and doing some live stuff from Gen Con, although we didn't do enough of it. Right, it was still fun. My work trip um, that allowed me to come out and visit the Orcus Dorcas Studios. Yeah, <laughs> um, in Southern California was just it was fortuitous. It was well timed and it was fantastic. Right. You know, my I think my big highlight aside from that in Gen Con um, was when our when our friends at the Sons of the Singularity asked if we would like our likenesses in their <laughs> book, um, which was released earlier last year or middle of last year between the devil and the deep. And that is where Scott and I got our um, beloved nicknames, uh, Kevin and Steve, that keep getting slung around in episodes <laughs> And in the Mitchester Arms virtual pub on Friday nights, and in our uh, our Discord and everything else. So mm-hmm. if if you ever wondered where those came from, uh, it was because of a a Freudian slip. Um, uh, we won't mention who, but it was a Freudian slip, and right. we were we were branded. St- Scott was branded Steve, and then right. I became Kevin, and it's kind of stuck and. They're not even our names, but no, it was great. No, but it was a highlight, and yeah. it was just a, a simple, simple mistake that people glommed onto, and it was funny and it was fantastic. There was no harm meant in it, and it's a, the running joke now is just meant with love. So. Right, and yeah, and and I agree with you. I mean that, and just you know, for the listeners, this was an unsolicited, just kind of you know, uh, out of left field of like, hey yep, guys, sure was send us a couple pictures. Like, why? I, the turnaround was ridiculous. It's almost like a couple weeks later. It's like, and here you yeah. are. You guys are NPCs in a um, Caribbean type of pirate. Uh, yeah, you're a you're a tavern keeper, bartender in a uh, on an island. Mm-hmm. I am the governor of Cuba. So yeah. <laughs> with this name that I can't even pronounce because it's like 17 <laughs> names long. Um, just it's an amazing honor. So I'm um, right. That was awesome. Um, oh. So that was that was my big highlight for the year. Yeah, it's. I mean, that was fantastic, and and I I always have 
problem with that because I always feel like, um, you know, I, I'm secretly telling, you know, one of my children that I love them more than the other. And so it's hard for me to nail down a highlight, but uh, I don't know. I, I think for me, out of out of all the conversations that we had, I really, really, really enjoyed the one that we had with Levi Combs, which I believe, aside from, um, uh, you know, the guys from Critical Hit Publishing, he was our second guest. And it was just the most natural, casual, fun-filled conversation. It, it was one of the ones that why I enjoy most when I listen to podcasts. As much as some of these kind of like high-produced, uh, very glossy podcasts uh, can be, and they are equally you know wonderful in their own right, I tend to like the ones of just, hey, it's just a couple guys sitting around the gaming table having a chat. And the chat could be about gaming or it could, you know, rotate in, into under wonderful things. And it, it also, there's there's no hiding the fact that I am a Levi Combs um, and Planet X Games fanboy. But um, it paved the way, uh, at least for me, to realize, oh, you know, we can continue to have guests on here and have these wonderful, relaxed conversations uh, with these people that may or may not be on a pedestal because for the most part, they're just names on a book or, or personalities right. on on Twitter. But uh, it, it really opened the door for us on the podcast. Like, oh, okay, this, this could be a thing. Uh, he actually enjoyed our company as we enjoyed his. Let's start getting more people on here. This is kind of neat. This is kind of cool. Yeah. I don't want to say it opened the floodgate, but it really opened the door right. for that prospect of getting more folks and then we started getting more folks and right. intermixing them into the lineup which was great I, I i'm gonna add one more thing real quick so yeah, we, we, we got we got ken hyde on and um the story of oh how, you're gonna tell the story the you? story of it. how we of how we got ken hyde on so um it i it was one evening where you know i think after we had spent some time in the midchester arms which is an, an online kind of Zoom chat, we call it an online pub, where we just kind of meet, you know, a couple times a week to talk about games with people from all over the world. And uh, I had a bit of rum in my system. And someone had posted something, you know, regarding Ken Height, and I, I, they didn't even tag him on it. And um, to be to be perfectly honest, and, you know, this is, I, I think it's apparent, but apologies, you know, to Ken, if, if you take the wrong way, but Ken likes to be um, verbose, I think is a is a good way to say it in both um, you know verbally and in 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 his writing. So I made a comment of you know be careful what you say because Ken is going to send you a strongly worded forty five page email. Um, <laughs> it just you know an innocent little joke uh, you know about you know someone in the industry that we all know you know he can he can definitely gab uh, with the best of them and write with the best of them and maybe about. Five minutes later, uh, there was a reply to me and the person posting it from Ken Height saying, um, yeah, uh, unless I get paid, I, I won't even do one email, let, let alone a strongly worded 35-page email or, or something of the sorts. But it was just, it was a little <laughs> bit snark thrown at me. And of course, I had pie in my face. And then I think it was either you or me just kind of rolled into, you know, hey, Ken, while you're at it, would you like to be a guest on Titter Pigs? And so I think you started that and I just and I just kept goading it. Right, because I had liquid courage in me. Yeah. Um which, I was playing off your liquid courage. Right. Which 
media. I might have had some too. Sure. I mean, it it wasn't like you know. Okay, that this was kind of a funny joke. We all get how you know funny you think you are, but I'm going to go my merry way. It, it literally was. Sure. Hey, just just let me know a date and time and what you want to talk about, and you know we'll we'll be on. Very very gracious, you know, very kind in the, in that regards. And then you know after it was all said and done, you and I were like you know giddy little schoolgirls going. He- we're going to have Ken Hyde on. Holy shit. What did we do? Um, so yeah, so that I think there you go. I have got two mashed together into, you know, the highlights for the, there you go. You heard it here first on titter pigs. Yes. Scott's drunken story. (laughs) It won't be the last. (laughs) Nope. You think that's going to wrap it up for our look back? You want to talk about our look ahead? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, as mentioned, this was a great 2022 for us, but, uh, you know, it, it has opened our eyes to a lot of things. And there's some things that we want to do, um, you, you know, as far as, you know, what the podcast is going to be, things that we would like to venture out and try and, and just kind of widen the um, uh, the range of, you know, the Titter Pigs podcast, which would be Hell yeah. which would be. Number one, what, what, what would be number uh, one? Number one, mm-hmm. I think we want to do, I mean, I know I want to, and I think Scott will support, support on this. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get, we want to get some more guests on, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, with Levi Combs and Andy Markham mm-hmm. and Ken Height being fantastic to have on the show. So yeah, we want to, we want to branch out and do more of that. Right. What else, Scott? Um, Generally speaking, output. Uh, you know, as you said, we did 15 episodes this year. Yep. And um, we would definitely like to do more. Uh, we, you know, we, we do this for fun. This isn't our job. And so, of course, life intervenes as it does. But uh, I, I do feel sometimes that uh, we could kind of, you know, push ourselves a little bit more to bring more content because we do have a lot of stuff on the burners of topics and things we want to get to. There's no shortage of that. It's just, um, not necessarily finding the time, but but making the time, and that's definitely something I would like you know for us to try to see if we can at least increase the output of of, of episodes this year more, you know, than than yeah, what we've yeah, done, abs- done this year absolutely. or last year. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So with more with more episodes and means more guests, more and diverse topics. As Scott said, we've got this laundry list of topics on the burner, mm-hmm. um, on various back burners, just yeah. ready to go. Um, some will be roundtables with some special uh, groups of special guests. Some will be just he and I um, chatting about very specific topics. Yep. Um, one thing that I think we might want to explore some more is doing the occasional, very tightly done, very short. Uh, one shot actual plays. We've actually gotten a lot of listens on that. Um, that one we did with David Sherdawan with Bones Deep. Yeah, that may be something you may hear some more of this coming year. Would definitely love to have it as creators of the games, you know, or at least someone who is part of the game that that's being run, uh, to get their interpretation of the game itself and just enjoy it, and yeah. also more importantly, spread the word of the game, especially if if it's a game from people we know or a game that we like, you know, whatever the Absolutely. case may be. But it, it's definitely, it's interesting. It, it, it opened my eyes, like I said. It, it's, um, we're not creating you know, musical intros and we're not overacting and we're not dressed up in plastic ears and, uh, and whatnot. It's literally Thank just- God. A, I know. It's literally just a group of friends as they normally would be sitting around a game table and just, just playing a game. Um, yep. So, and yeah. 
besides that, another thing that Keith and I have been talking about for a while that we hopefully would like to maybe start uh, near the end of January, uh, depending on the case may be, is we've been considering doing a uh, Titter Pigs Patreon. And, yes, we have. Yeah. And before you, you know, jump through the speakers and go, Patreon, what are we going to pay you guys for? You know, you should be paying us. Right. But, you know, still. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it still is creating this podcast is still it's a lot of effort, a lot of time on our parts. We, we have, believe it or not, put in quite a lot of, you know, our own personal time and money to make this podcast better than what it was when we first started started it. We definitely would like to broaden the horizon past just the microphones at our house. I mean, we we, we tried that slightly at Gen Con. Uh, would definitely like to do it again, but in more of an actual podcast capacity uh, and um, maybe, you know, see other things and, and whatnot. But but with that, uh, I mean, what would you what would you say the Patreon would would be providing at least on on a base level? Uh, so, I mean, we don't want to make any promises we can't we can't deliver on. So, right. without giving you guys specifics, all right? Mm-hmm. You know, we we've, we've got some things that some ideas that we're we're going back and forth on, and uh, we're we're working out right now how many tiers we're going to have, which things we're going to do at which tiers. So, God, I don't... Yeah. More content, I think is yeah, the best way to put it. Yeah. More content. That's uh, Some of it will be uh, very exclusive to Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say, you know, there, there will be the occasional like blooper reels and things like that. Because, I mean, that that's all part of the post-production process when I have to go listen to us banter and edit. You know, there's always <laughs> fun blooper stuff. Like there'll be some stuff in this yeah. that I have to chop out, you know, um, that make for fun little audio sound bites and silliness. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we may, and I'm just going to say may, because I don't want to, again, I don't want to promise anything we can't deliver on. Right. You know, we may do some Patreon exclusive, uh, shorter recordings that may not be released to the general public yep. or that you guys would get first before they go out to the general public, things like that. We're, we're still going back and forth on exactly how we want to approach this. Exactly. Because we want to make sure that you guys, as Patreon supporters of Titter Pigs, get exceptional value for your for every dollar. Right. So Yeah. Simply yep. simply put, we're just we're we're deciding on on what it is that we're going to be doing. So it, it's more content, as Keith said. Uh, I think I said also. Uh, but also with that would would bring more engagement in one way or another. Uh, yep. I think that's what every Patreon does and should do. So so yeah, there's that. There, there's definitely that's another thing that you know we are looking forward to and want to definitely roll out at some point in early uh, 2023. And we hope to have everybody's support. So at, yes, at, at some level or another, as as a fan of Titter Pigs. Speaking of engagement, the last thing I would like to highlight, it's not new for 2023 because we, we started it in 2022, but I, we haven't really mentioned it on the show. So I just want to kind of like end this segment of the show with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a Titter Pigs portion 
uh, on a Discord, uh, on my Rolling Boxcars blog Discord, there is a Titterpigs area. Mm-hmm. And everybody is welcome to invade it. Come hang out. Be part of the Titter Pigs discourse. Yes. Be part of the Rolling Boxcars ditter, um, ditter course. Ah! See, Edit. that's a blooper thing. <laughs> um, you know, but just just be part of the conversation and, yeah. you know, interact with other listeners, other readers of the blog, broaden your, your social media horizons. Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. It's fun. Um, and it's a group of like-minded individuals that want to engage with other people that are like-minded. Right. Yeah. If, if there was definitely one more thing I, that I would look forward to in 2023 is more engagement. I, I would Absolutely. love more feedback, more input, just more general engagement. And uh, and I think with that, before you wrap it in a nice neat boat, Keith, is speaking of engagement, how about you listeners? Is there anything that you would like to suggest, you know, see or hear from us Titter Pigs in 2023. Uh, if you do, hop onto the Discord. Let us know. We we have a special area of the forum for just that. Uh, or, as we always say, uh, drop us an email at titterpigspod at gmail.com. Uh, whether it be a written email or a voice clip, uh, send us your opinions, send us your suggestions, send us your feedback. Uh, we you know, we all, we have thick skins and we are on top of that. We are always open to new ideas and suggestions. Hell yeah. So well, with that, mm-hmm. let's roll over to the next segment where we're going to hang out with a couple of our friends from the UK. We're going to talk about our most favorite game of 2022 and our most anticipated game of 2023. Woo. Right. Welcome back to our next segment. Uh, we have with us today uh, friends of the podcast, Pookie and Debbie, to speak with both Keith and I about our most an- our most anticipated games of 2023. But before that, we are also going to go over our favorite games of 2022. Uh, each one of us has picked one per year, and we are going to go down the list as we talk about um, our favorite game of 2022 first. And then after that, we will each talk about and divulge our most anticipated game of 2023. Welcome, Debbie, and welcome, Pookie. Hi, guys. Hello. All right. So, hi. Oh, yeah. And also the other guy, Kevin. Um, yeah, Kevin's here reporting in for duty, <laughs> sir. Yes, we, we've made it through another year and we haven't replaced Kevin or Steve yet. So we're, we're still the, the original titter pigs. Um, so let's, let's just go ahead and just dive right into this. Um, what we'll, what we'll start with, as mentioned before, is our favorite game of 2022. So with that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with Kevin. I I, I mean, Keith, and then after that, we'll move on to Debbie. Then we will do Pookie and then we will do myself. All right. Well, um, yeah. So my, I'm just saying, sorry to interrupt. Make it good because we will talk about it afterwards and make fun of you. So, oh, that's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> that's I'm why used I'm to this podcast. Remember? <laughs> uh, all right. So, <clears throat> my favorite game of 2022, hands down, has been 
Pirate Borg. I have read the game. I have reviewed the game on my personal blog, Rolling Boxcars. I have played it and I have started running it. It is fantastic. For those that are not in the know, it is more, it is a Morkborg compatible or Morkborg derivative game. It is everything you want in a pirate game with a dark theme. Uh, the Dark Caribbean is the setting and it is fantastic. It's not over the top dark as, say, Morkborg is, but it's just got enough uh, in the dark tone of it to put it on the weird side of things with ghost ships and creatures of the deep and skeletons and, you know, buried treasures and all the things you want in a pirate game. And it's just it's absolutely fantastic. Not to mention it's got a tactical naval uh, portion of the game that mm -hmm. is built in from the ground up, not a bolted on uh, supplemental piece. Uh, the original Kickstarter pitch and knowing what I know of the original game design, if you play it at the table with uh, the hex grid, it's built for or designed to use one six hundred scale miniatures uh, like oak and iron and any um, other um, similar type miniatures that you can find out there. So it's uh, you can go into three dimension. You can transition from a role playing game to a miniatures game back to a role playing game. Um, it's just fantastic. I love it. That is my 2022 pick. And I think we can uh, both Debbie and I, who have played in the, uh, you know, your first session, could definitely back that up. Uh, we, we had such a fantastic time playing that. And uh, like one thing I'll just add to it uh, briefly is, is yes, it's, it is Mork Borg. It does carry, you know, the, the similar dark tone, but there's plenty of room for pirate themed humor to be interjected uh, within the game. And for those of you also, I just want to add one more thing. For those of you who tend to steer away from Morkborg, uh, this particular book, its presentation and it, it, it's in itself seems to be a bit more traditional. So if you yes. had a, if you had an issue with with some of the aesthetic integrity taken within a lot of the Morkborg stuff that makes it hard to read, uh, Pirate Borg can definitely solve that issue because it's a lot easier to, you know, with its formatting to read. And therefore, you can get your Morkborg on and not go cross-eyed trying to read it. So, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So to that, the designer has gone to the extent in his layout to, even though it, does it doesn't have the art punk ass, uh, aesthetic that Morkborg does, he does have some of the, you know, kind of the funky scripting fonts. So when you're looking for something, if you can't make out the actual fonted header, um, it's in clear text at the top, so that makes it super easy. Yeah, I I just like to add that it's got a really beautiful character generator as well. And um, when we played that, the the stuff that comes up on the character generator really gives you stuff to role to lead into role play. And I just got completely lost in it. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> same he same here. Yar. Um. All right. I'd fantastic. Like yes. I'd like. I'd like to add that I'm. I haven't played Pirate Borg yet, and I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, okay. So moving on to number two, we have Debbie. Debbie, what was your favorite game uh, that came out in 2022? Uh, well, uh, for anybody that knows me, it's probably absolutely no surprise about this, but it's it's Bones Deep by David Sheridan. I probably said his name wrong. Sorry, David. Um, it's a system agnostic mm -hmm. game, but it was designed to be played with Troika, which is an absolutely bonkers rule set, but quite simple, which leads to a lot of fun at the table. 
the depth of characterization in the setting is just wonderful you're playing pirates uh, no you're not playing pirates that that's that's pirate book you're playing skeletons exploring the ocean floor um and it's just utterly utterly wonderful i have had so much fun taking that game to the table and the amount of table bling it's allowed me to buy which i don't normally bother with but it's it's i i have bought so many little shark toys it's it's unbelievable it's just wonderful there's so much fun to be had in that game it is a brilliant game and i've not had a bad game of it i've run it at several conventions now and it's always gone down really really well yeah no the 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 game we played in with uh, with david was fantastic and i yeah. believe for me it's one of those games that you know i've you know read through it it was it was gifted to to some of us by keith at gen con and uh, going through it, it's kind of one of those games where just reading it, you're like, is this going to work? Um, but when it was actually run by David and like Debbie said, you definitely can easily get into the character. And it turned out it was a lot of fun and it definitely, definitely works. Pookie, yeah. do you have something? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've not played it, but I, I have sort of like read it and done a review of it and what I love about it is, is the thought and attention to detail that goes into making the undersea realm uh, real just through the mechanics like for example uh, the teleport spell you mm -hmm. cast teleport under under the water it leaves a space where you've been which causes like like an implosion and when you you arrive at your destination because of the compression you kind of moved away and it's just a, a fantastic little kind of uh, flavour to it the idea that you're playing skeletons who can't float and you, you you basically you can cast like an air bubble spell, which you can either drown an opponent with it because they're water breathers or it will bring you to the surface. It's it's the flavor and detail of it that comes through. Yeah. Um, it, it's yeah. it's wet, it's wonderful and it's weird. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. And that teleport spell was used to beautifully comic effect in the first game of it that I ran. It was just hilarious. Moving on. Next up, we have Pookie. And I'm sorry, this is starting into uh, games of 2022 that we played where Pookie didn't. So maybe we can change that here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now, unfortunately, I'm going to pick something I, I, I haven't played. But oh, okay. really want another one. And this is this is the Electrum Archive mm -hmm. um, uh, by Emil Boven. And it's... It, um, I can't quite describe it as a, a weird, inky, baroque planetary romance. And it's it's um, a little fanzine, 60 pages, and that's the first part which describes this world, which is kind of like the standard setup where you have um, the human civilization being transplanted to a planet by uh, the elders, the alien race, and then disappearing. And then some time passes... And the humans begin to explore. Uh, and what's really weird about it is that there's the currency on the world is Elder Ink. You know, you buy things with it and so on. The, the Warlock character inhales. Be able to access the uh, the spirit realms or, or the other realm, contact sp uh, uh, spell spirits and gain sp spells. And the spells in it are all random. They're like, you know, noun form noun. And you roll randomly for what they are. So one warlock will have different spells from another. And how they work is up to you. And also the elder the, the elder ink is used to power the, the, the technology of the elders and so on. 
and there's no there's no scenario in the book but he's got sort of like six different regions with lots of plot hooks lots of events and it's designed to be sort of like osr adjacent so it's osr style kind of rules but simpler it's not a retro clone but the world uh it's sort of like based upon inspired by uh book of the new sun by gene wolf and then um elder scrolls morrowind and so on and things like that um but it's got its own character and feel and it's such a it's such a lot of game and world building in there in just 60 pages and it's fantastic looks widely popular because the other day when you mentioned it i went to you know most of the typical sources to see if you can find it and it sold out everywhere not just in the states not just in the uk but in other you know uh european website venues and even germany i mean all of the sites have you know everyone snatched it up so so hopefully that you know, tells you that, you know, people have heard about it and figured, you know, this is something good and they, they've grabbed it. So, yeah, there's going to be a Kickstarter for the second volume next year now. So hopefully they may well do a reprint of the first part. Right. You can only, I definitely think this is the sort of thing that you will like. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, the, the, I mean, the cover itself just says so much and that's, you know, like myself being the, I'm a big proponent of, you know, cover art. And, you know, if the cover doesn't draw you in, then you're not doing something right. And just, the, you know, the imagery on that cover immediately goes, you know, open me up and check me out and see what this is all about. So yeah. fantastic. So last we have me. So Scott, what is your thing? Well, thank you, Scott. Um, my favorite game of um, 2022 I, I was on the fence and I was going to go with one that I've read and have not played, uh, which was Hyperborea. But I'm going to go with something different because I wanted to be something that I actually, you know, ex not just ran or played, but experienced. And my favorite game that I had an absolute fantastic blast with this year was Matrons of Mystery by Sue Savage. For those of you who aren't aware of the game, uh, the, the, the game is a um, rather simplified version of uh brenda wood bay uh what's what brenda wood bay is is a group of uh, elderly women you know i.e in the vein of um you know jessica fletcher and um and such you know who are these women who are solving mysteries that deal with aspects of you know uh, the cthulian mythos you know if i'm wrong pookie feel free to correct me but i think i kind of you know gave the gist of it yeah so, i mean ultimately the Cthulhu mythos is kind of buried in the backstory. You have to get. But what Sue did was, is she uh, anglophiled it. Uh, she, she took the game and yes, you are still, you know, playing a group of, uh, of elderly women out to solve mysteries, but you are um, old English matrons, um, you know, either, uh, you know, divorced or widowed who get together in, you know, any, any cavalcade of groups, knitting groups, you know, tea, you know, groups and whatnot, and things happen. And, you know, so it's up to you as these, these, these group of, uh, you know, uh, matrons to, you get involved in these odd mysteries and you need to solve what, what they were. And so after receiving, um, after receiving Sue's book, uh, in the, you know, near the, the beginning of the year, I ran it at uh, Strategicon, uh, for a group of non-Anglophile Southern California Americans. And I went out on a limb thinking this is either going to just be the absolute worst, or it might be a blast. And it was three times the blast that I was hoping it would be. It's, it's a game that's based off of, um, uh, you know, PBTA. 
And I'm not a, you know, I'm not a PBTA hater, nor am I an aficionado, but running it with Sue's version uh, made it extremely easy. And it was shocking at how quickly with just the, the tools that Sue provided within the game, how a variety of, you know, uh, men and women at the table, I had about seven people at the table, uh, how quickly they all became these, you know, these, these, these doting, nosy, you know, extremely entertaining, dexterous women getting themselves in trouble as they solved the mystery that was going on at this, at this hotel. And it was an absolute blast. And, and not, not saying that it's, it's any better than Brindlewood Bay, because I know Brindlewood Bay is, is widely popular and, but it is a different take. And, you know, the amount of fun that you have with it is going to be different than what you would have with, with Brenda Wood Bay. So, uh, but know that even though it, the theme itself is UK centric, as I stated, I'm very happy at how easily it just translated to people who don't even know a, you know, a, 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 a scone from a scone. Um, <laughs> or biscuit. <laughs> right. Or a biscuit. Or a biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's the, my, my favorite of, of 20, 2022, just because, and I would go back to it again, be, because of just what it, what occurred and it is designed, you know, just in its simplicity to be one of the perfect con games. I mean, we, I ran it with seven people, uh, got it well under, you know, three hours and everyone had fun without having to either cut it off at the end or, you know, crank it up because we were running short, short on time. So it, it was, it was a blast. Yeah, I mean, I would add to that. The other great thing is that um, it's got some really good scenarios in it, one of which is called que uh, Gardner's Question Crime, which is a fantastic pun if you're English um, that yeah. made me giggle. And then it's got an actual scenario set at a role-playing convention, which is perfect for role-players. Yep. And that's the one I have played, and it was so much fun. Right. Oh, yeah. yes, it was, because that's the one I ran that you played in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've I, I played that one too with Sue running at a convention and it was ridiculous fun. And it's all the other thing that's really fun. I'm going to mention it's also fun about that one is it is running into myself because I appear as an NPC <laughs> in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've recognized you. <laughs> oh, no. It was definitely text messages going, you know, did you have you seen Pookie in there yet? Oh, no. Where? Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. Let's, I remember. Let's find him. Uh, well, there you go. That that was kind of a you know an, an eclectic uh, grouping of games. Really, no, nothing you know that uh, you know was kind of uh, mundane in there. No one said their favorite game of the year was you know five E generic uh, adventure game. So, oh hold on, mm -hmm. my mind. <laughs> no. no, no, you can't. All right. Okay. So and so we are going to move on to our most anticipated game of. 2023 but first we need to take a little break and we will be right back all right we are back and we are moving on to our most anticipated game for 2023. So let's just dive right in and we'll go in the same order as last time. Kevin. Hey, that's what, me. What is 
your most anticipated game for 2023. For those that don't know me, one of my favorite, all-time favorite games is King Arthur Pendragon, now rebranded just Pendragon. Um, it is due out, uh, a full version of the game and a starter kit for it are due out in 2023. So that is my most anticipated game. Um, for several reasons, A, it, it's a nostalgic game for me. I played it a lot back in the fourth edition days, uh, in the night in the well, mid nineties, uh, when I was in active duty military, the modern version, which we had some of us, I think all of us now have in here in this, um, episode, I'll have the quick start for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the evolution of the rules that have, um, the, the changes to the rules, I, I think, are really, really great uh, and make the game that much better. Uh, I'm sure some listeners might fight me on that, and that's okay, because that's everybody's got opinions, and that's cool. <laughs> All right. I, technically, I think those those listeners will joust you. They won't <laughs> well, fight they might, you. They might fight me on the battlefield, too. So, <laughs> you know, this is... this. Update to the rules. The sixth edition is uh, Greg Stafford's ultimate edition of the game. David Larkin is the line editor for the series, and he has done a fantastic job taking Greg's notes and doing wonderful things with them to bring this new edition to market. So we've got the quick start out now. Uh, The starter set is in production to the best of my knowledge it's i believe it's at the printer and due out in early 2023 and then the core book is due out shortly thereafter so um i'm super stoked for it i love arthurian stuff but pendragon is just that game for me um that will always scratch that itch hands down everything anything else can come out in 2023 but that'll be the one that i will just throw my money at no matter what yeah i can i can i can understand that um Pendragon is a I'd describe as almost the perfect role playing game. It's an absolutely fantastic piece of design. It's wonderfully playable. You know, once you kind of get past or you know um, the Holy Grail references, and is supported with a great campaign, the, Pendra- the, the, the uh, Pendragon campaign, which I'm really looking forward to Keith running for us. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> now, now that is that is due to be re redone, updated, and yeah. a According to the interview that Scott and I did with um, David Larkin earlier this past year in a three book slipcase set, I don't know that it'll be out in 2023. It might be 2024, but I believe there was going to be five or six books in total uh, covering all of the different um, uh, periods uh, in that cycle, in the Arthurian cycle. So, yeah, that's massive. I don't know that I can run all that, but it's massive. (laughs) So that's that's my pick. Right. And and here's here's to hoping that not just the starter set comes out, but shortly thereafter, hopefully in 2023, the core book follows. But that has not been announced uh, as far as I know. Um, no, it hasn't been overtly announced, but they have said Chaosium has said that the starter kit is coming out in early 2023 with mm-hmm. other core products to follow shortly thereafter. So I can I am making the assumption it's going to be the core book. Mm-hmm. And then there is a. They have like a GM pack uh, that David referenced when we did our interview with him. Right. And a, uh, was it the Grey Knight scenario book um, Mm -hmm. that he referenced that was going to come out as well? 
Well, we definitely need to see about getting David back on again, uh, you know, once it's officially announced or maybe once it, you know, actually drops, because I'm sure right. there'll be a, a different, um, you know, discourse regarding that versus, you know, what what he was only able to provide uh, sure. when we had him on last time. So, well, next up, uh, hopefully before the um, the cold medicine kicks in, uh, we have Debbie. And so, Debbie, um, drag yourself forward, please, to, to the microphone and let us <laughs> let us know what what your most anticipated game of uh, 2023 is. OK, so for those that know me, uh, it'll be no surprise that my most anticipated game for uh, 2023 is a Savage Worlds product, because everybody knows I love me a bit of Savage Worlds. Um, it's Pinebox Middle School, which is the little sister to East Texas University which I have run and I love and I've run it for you guys. And it's just utterly ridiculous. It's like Buffy, the university is uh, with lots of monsters and stuff. And Pine Box Middle School is obviously Buffy the years, the first three seasons. So I now get to do Buffy the whole way through, which will be great for me. I'm, people may have guessed that I'm a bit of a Buffy fan. Uh, not that I'm a one trick pony or anything. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's coming out. It's it's it, it, I, I kickstarted it uh, this year and went for the top PDF level because um, shipping from the states. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, yeah. all the little you know uh, bells and whistles that come with all of the wonderful uh, Savage Worlds games, even as expensive to ship here in the states. Yeah. So, but I, I think it'll be something that I'll be buying physical product, but it when it's properly out retail, uh, and I can't wait for that. It's going to be gonna be great so you get to play kind of like kids on bikes i would imagine mm -hmm. to, uh, basically school kids fight fighting monsters and weird wibbly nonsense mm -hmm. which is my jam yeah that uh i, I to, be, to be perfectly honest that's on my top five list uh most anticipated primarily also due to your excitement for it you know your introduction <laughs> you know to the game for yeah. us and and i and i you know Three of us uh, in this current discussion are relative uh, Savage Worlds fans, so um, I won't name whom. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but to be fair, I, I'm really I, I'm I'm a lot more excited for that game. Also, uh, um, besides the new addition for uh, Kids on Bikes, um, Kids on Bikes just eh doesn't do it for yeah. me. But but for many reasons, this one does. Okay. And we won't, we won't mention the clothing that one of our characters is wearing when we when we were <laughs> no we shall not <laughs> yeah I can't imagine that those will appear in Pine Box Middle School because I think that would be weird <laughs> fantastic yeah so I mean yeah that's that's definitely on I'm going to be on many people's lists uh, in, including my own and and I didn't back it either but uh, you know once once it comes out here in the states we definitely look forward to getting some of the physical stuff because that's part of the excitement of physically playing the savage worlds games is all the wonderful things that they use to support their game so we have next up pookie now fair warning uh you know just a bit of um uh you know a bit of information here know for a fact that you know th that pookie was actually able to just hopefully uh will it down to one game is something exceptional um it's so, a miracle it's a so christmas yeah. miracle i mean his it, eye is twitching is. He, he's got that vein on his forehead but uh you know we we definitely support him in this and and we'll we'll see how it goes so pookie what is your one uh anticipated game <laughs> for 2023 choose one 
You, yes. 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 Yeah, okay. One. Okay. okay. So, right. <laughs> so, what I'm going to go with um, is Valley of Plenty, second edition. Really? Yes. Um, now, I'm a big fan of RingQuest and Glorantha, and I'm enjoying it. I've got into it over the last sort of like five years or so on, and I'm running it, running the game. And um, there's a lot of good material on the Johnstown Compendium. And one of the things that appeared in 2020 was Valley of Plenty, which was essentially a starter campaign um, where you play the young children of a clan um, who would go through sort of, and the whole the whole idea was essentially that the, your clan would suffer disaster, uh, would be dissolved, uh, the, the family would be scattered. And then you come back to reforming the clan in the future over the course of several parts. And Valley of Plenty was the first one where you were playing the young children leading up to the disastrous event. Unfortunately, it got pulled um, because there was a controversy surrounding it. But it's been announced that the authors are working on a second edition, expanding it, updating it, taking account of changes and so on. And I'm looking forward to that coming back out again uh, with the changes and it being written for a game, new game system coming out, uh, which is Quest Worlds, which is Chaosium's um, uh, redo, re, uh, uh, revision of the old Hero Quest rules. So it's more storytelling based. And what I liked about it in the original version was that the Hero Quest rules allowed you to scale the adventure um, to children just as easily as you could with adults it really didn't make a lot of difference there was no sort of like you know a lot of adjustment involved but the story was was detailed and interesting uh, and you got to experience growing up uh, and learning about the world of glorantha as a child and then a young adult that's fantastic i, I mean you know I, I don't think any one of us are uh, unfamiliar with the output that miskatonic university has done over the year this is Johnstown. Um, I'm sorry, Johnstown. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnstown Compendium. But you know the, the quality of the work, the output, just the sheer amount of, you know, just good material that that comes from this, uh, you know, this community aspect of, of Chaosium. Um, you know, you know, and and this is not you know any slight against what's been provided by Chaosium, but but you know a lot of the material coming out from there is is just as good, if not equally as superb. Um, and these just, you know, community people that are, that are doing this for the love of the game. Um, and, and likewise, the same, same thing goes for Miskatonic also, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, I will say, I mean, for example, there's a really good starter campaign already available on John, the Johnson Compendium, which of course is six seasons in SATA. That's mm -hmm. freely available. That's for the, 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 the primary mechanic role-playing game mechanics, uh, request role-playing and Garantha. But this is an alternative, a more storytelling-driven alternative. Right. No, no. And and the one thing is, is you know, six season and six seasons in Sartar does come with a free bottle of uh, malt vinegar. Uh, but don't let that sway you in purchasing. <laughs> of you, you can't, the you game. can't even, you can't even <laughs> say it. <laughs> what? Sorry, I there, there's. I nearly a... ruined my laptop then. By there's an inside joke, everybody. There's an inside yeah. joke. Okay. Yeah. It's just for a check, Scott. Um, mm -hmm. So that's one of the seasonings. What are the other five seasonings in Tartar? Uh, you that that is a old family recipe, and and, and much oh. like uh, Colonel Sanders, mm -hmm. it's going with me to my grave. Uh, so no, I will not reveal the the other seasonings in in Tartar. Uh, oh, so, my. well, there you go. Again, we have 
Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah. What is yours, Scott? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you got to lay it on us too. All right. So this is, you know, most, a lot of these games are that, that I've mentioned are things that I'm looking forward to also. Um, I mean, obviously Valley Plenty was a surprise to me, but both, both Keys and Debbie's are probably, you know, not just my top five, but within my top three, but the one I'm going to throw out that I'm really interested in, in seeing is um, Shadow of the Weird Wizard uh, by by Schwab Entertainment for a variety of reasons. Uh, first off, those of you who know Schwab and his work, uh, he is a um, he's he's a uh, acquired taste for a lot of people. He's been around for a while. He's done some fantastic stuff. He's you know his he's had his fingers in many things from. Warhammer to Dungeons and Dragons and, and and so many other things that you don't realize until you see his name on something. But one thing he is, in, in my opinion, is he's definitely, you know, an old school metalhead. And with that comes a bit of a personality that that is reflected in many of his games, uh, be it uh, Punk Apocalyptic, be it Shadows of the Demon Lord, and some of the other things that he, he that he's done. And so it's not for everybody. So what what he's decided to do was is he's decided to bring forward a game that is kind of what he what he calls a family friendly version of Shadow of the Demon Lord and that is Shadow of the Weird Wizard it used to be Shadow of the Mad Wizard but they've they've since changed it. I'm really interested in in you know in what he's going to do with that. You know it, I I'm wondering if it if it sounds like it's going to be a different take. It's not just you know Shadow of the Demon Lord with you know with the F word crossed out. Uh, it's a totally different take of the game. The rules are going to be fairly similar, but I'm really interested <laughs> in seeing what his perception of family friendly is going to be when this comes out. I, I think I totally, we all are. I, I I totally you know envision that one episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns becomes good, and at the end of the day, when you know when Lisa finds out what he's actually doing, she's like, even when you're trying to be good, you're still evil. You're even more evil. And so I, I'm just, I, I, I'm, you know, this is a personal thing that I'm kind of really just, it's kind of more of a curiosity, I would say, more than an excitement. But, um, you know, once once it's announced, I'm definitely going to back it because, you know, not not just because of the curiosity, but but Schwab puts out quality material. I, I absolutely love Punk Apocalyptic. It's one of my favorite, you know, uh, you know, apocalyptic type settings um shadow shadow of the demon lord is a fantastic uh alternative to dungeons and dragons uh and so with the current break with the whole one D thing and people are kind of like looking for new things they may look at shadow of the demon lord and go oh this is neat but wait a minute uh there's a game in here that causes explosive diarrhea i don't know if i want to run that for my friends uh whereas shadow of the weird wizard uh, is going to be the same type of mechanics, so to speak, but, you know, more of a, you know, presentable uh, format with, you know, less, um, you know, um, appendages uh, between your legs falling off or explosions out your, you know, rear end. Uh, so um, <laughs> that... Or, bag, or, or bags full of sex toys. Right, exactly. You know, um, yes. So, I mean, that aside, I mean, if any of these things that we're kind of, you know, not really taking issue with, but but referencing fall into your wheelhouse and you haven't heard of it, please go check out, you know, Schwab's uh, Punk Apocalyptic and Shadow of the Demon Lord. But um, if you're looking for forward to a great alternative or potentially great alternative to, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition or 1D&D, 
I would definitely keep an eye out for this one because uh, I, f- I have a feeling it's he's going to put forth a lot of effort, you know, with it, all jokes aside. But still, I, I don't think he's going to be able to completely deny his particular signature aspects within the game. It may just kind of ride, you know, the uh, the border <laughs> with some some certain uh, decent, decent options. So, yeah, that's mine. Shadow, Shadow of the Weird Wizard, Schwab Entertainment. Yeah, that sounds interesting re- to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that will be interesting to see because essentially, uh, you know, Shadow of the Demon Lord is Schwab's um, take upon um, Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. And what I like about it, it's got a nice little simple system, fantastic character um, uh, character progression built in. It's actually got some great support material. There's a gr- there's a really good pirate campaign. Um, mm-hmm. It should play. Yeah, no, it's it, it's fantastic. And 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 yeah, I just want a bag of sex toys on the deck. No, that's that's punk apocalyptic. So yeah, yeah. Damn, you just ruined all the fun. Well, considering pirates use hooks, you may not want a bag of those. Um, No, that's fair. (laughs) And if you do, that's your OnlyFans podcast. Right, that's a whole Uh, separate thing. You got to be part of our Patreon for that. Right. (laughs) So now there you go. Um, We have our you know our most anticipated games of 2023 and as previously mentioned again a nice round eclectic list of things that um that we're all excited for definitely you know looking that you know these will be things that we get to the table one way or another also um so we we all are making secret promises that you know we're all going to have to run this at some point in time hopefully when they they come out next year but um I would like to thank uh, both Debbie and Pookie uh, for taking your time to come on here and and uh, participate in this. Uh, as always, we you know love having both of you on, and definitely look forward to having you uh, on again. And um, Keith, anything else to add before we uh, roll on out of here? Where can where can people find you, Debbie? Uh, people can find me at, at Dragon Girl seventy four on Twitter, and I think I'm on Hive too. Um, and at various discords. And Pookie, where can people find you? On Twitter, I am uh, Relia Reviews, and on my blog is Reviews from Relia. Perfect, perfect. They're also both of them are also on the Rolling Boxcars Stroke Titter Pigs Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah. both hang out there with us and chat with us, so you can find them there as well. And yeah, gonna say thank you very much for inviting us on. Yes, thank you. You are very very welcome and just in closing uh, to our listeners let us know what your most anticipated games of 2023 are and likewise what your favorite game of 2022 was hop on the discord as keith mentioned drop us a an email at titterpigspod at gmail.com or if it's working again hop on anchor and you know send us a recorded message we we appreciate any and all input so with that everyone Have a wonderful day. Take care. And here's to a happy 2023 full of wonderful, wonderful games.